Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's our 2020 debut, and we are talking about the big debut of WCW Thunder. Plus, Eric Bischoff himself joins us live to answer your questions. So get them ready. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, the buzz. Boom, hello, 83 Weeks fans. Welcome to the show that is all yours. It's just for you. We are covering the latest episode of 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, talking about the premiere of WCW Thunder, and of course, the man himself will be calling in live in just a few minutes, and you guys can join us live, too, and get your questions rolling, so... While you think on those for just a moment, allow me to introduce my lovely co-host. You know him as Eric's digital producer, rocking that NXT shirt tonight. Hello, Steve Coffin. Hello. Um, I was not at this one, but it was on clearance. Well, we are not NXT. <laughs> I don't even know if they use that anymore. Maybe the Encyclopedia of Professional Wrestling over here could tell me. He's also an independent wrestler, and you can call him George Hermosa. Hello, everyone. I've missed you guys. Wow. I haven't been here. I have not been here since December 11th. Wow. And it feels like an eternity without you guys. Like, I've really had withdrawals. I've had, like, just... A bad month since I haven't seen you guys. This is a hometown crowd. You hear that. Right. They're really into him. I mean, it's been a long time. We have missed our live audience out there very much. I don't like listening to 83 weeks and then and not making any notes and not being able to know that I'm going to be able to ask Eric follow-up <laughs> questions. Can, uh, it's just really, it's really hard for me, guys. So. To be honest, like I, I still plan on asking some questions of, of some stuff that they covered a couple weeks ago that yeah, we didn't get a Bret chance Hart. to cover here. Cootie and the Blowfish. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. We will be covering it all. And we want you guys to chime in. Hello out there, all of our live chatters. Hey, Manny, what's up? Hi, Brett. Thank you and welcome and thank you for joining us tonight. We are also on Apple Podcasts if you like to listen instead, but you should really come and look at us because we're an attractive bunch here on YouTube. So oh, hit you that are. subscribe <laughs> button. I said we. And uh, you can join us live okay, every sorry. Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific to get your questions answered. So while we wait for the man himself, there's a lot to talk about on this episode that they covered the premiere of Thunder. What stood out the most to you guys? The aggro crags. Stage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, am, I have more notes about that than anything else. I am very much looking forward to, if we can uncover a story that is the aggro crag stage from Universal wound up a part of the Thunder stage, and who did that and why, and was there a back, was there a, some type of backroom dealing, how much did it cost, <laughs> where can I get a piece of the aggro crag as a full-grown adult? Want all these all these questions. Well, I was glad that Conrad kind of explained it later because I'm like, I don't really know. I loved that show forever and always would, but I don't really know how popular it was with everyone else or with people who are outside. I We're in a very small age range, we, here, guys. Like, I mean, how old are you? I'm like 24. I love Nickelodeon's <laughs> guts. Like, I I dreamed of like being on Guts on Double Dare. On, like, Nick Arcade. Like, I loved all those shows, and, yeah. And not nice surprised to hear that Conrad also was a fan, because he's in our age range, too. <laughs> also, all this talk of Conrad buying and selling Ric Flair's robes, 
you would think he must not have been that into the agricragger. He'd tell you how many of how many uh, agricrag trophies he's bought and sold. Oh my god! Can you imagine? I almost texted him about it. I really almost uh, was like. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, like that whole fa- uh, when he was talking about the selling member, that was so fascinating to me. Yeah. Because I always wonder, like, like who decides these like price ranges? And it's just a little bit like I got a lot of answers question mm. or questions answered from that segment. I. You know, sometimes those little tidbits can be easily overlooked, I think, especially if the listener doesn't know maybe as much as you guys do. So do you want to explain that a little bit, George? Well, in terms of like, because uh, they were, because t- Conrad, it, it sounds like he's a very collector. Uh, he has a lot of belts. He's got a lot of the robes, even before his, it sounds like even before his Ric Flair yeah. affiliation, even obviously, before, yeah. even obviously if any, nobody knows, he's married to Ric Flair's daughter. Um, but like he's got a lot of robes. He's like, oh yeah, you know this robe costs the other one. Th- yeah, <laughs> not the one that's engaged on Friday. But yeah, he's like, oh this robe costs fifteen grand. That robe costs ten grand. Oh like he knows where everything is. Like they'll be watching even like a. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Shivani, which is always yeah. like a watch along, they're like, oh, this robe, uh, this it's by a private collector in Florida. It's like, how do you know all these things? Like, but I, I guess when it's that community, like you just kind of know. I do find it funny the difference in media in 15 years. Because 15 years ago, if Eric Bischoff met Conrad Thompson, Eric <laughs> Bischoff would have been probably be able to sell a reality show to CMT following Conrad Thompson and those other five dudes <laughs> who collect <laughs> wrestling memorabilia. Like the fact that we we're just in a completely different world. Where anyone has that microphone, where back then Eric had to get the money together to get CMT to give you that microphone. It's just fascinating to me. Absolutely. But then I wouldn't have a job. So I'm happy we're I'm happy we're where we are. And I want to say hello to Bears Bound and the finisher, Joe, Flashpoint Blank, everybody who is coming to join us. Eric will be here in just a few minutes, but he dropped some bombs on this episode about WWE specifically. And, um, you know, we like to uh, latch on to those a little bit because they're always juicy. Mm -hmm. And I think in particular what he had to say about promos at WWE these days, how they are overly scripted and how the wrestler themselves doesn't really shine through. I thought that was very interesting. Sting. And I think he spoke about his role in the WWE before, that he wasn't hands-on enough to actually let any of that philosophy seep into the actual product. Right. And I think that's what people are missing. And honestly, the first couple weeks of SmackDown were pretty good and like a drastic change from what they used to be that I think any credit people would give to Eric Bischoff, he would rather just take it. And right. be like, yeah, man, that was me. Instead of... I oversaw a bunch of boring business stuff that might not ever actually translate to the screen, mm-hmm. and it's whatever. But it, it's really fascinating to see people who last a really long time in the WWE that have such a fascinatingly different business strategy than the WWE. Like Paul Heyman's a great example, who runs Raw now, allegedly, <laughs> of someone who for 10 years almost, you would hear rumor of Paul Heyman as a guy who is diametrically opposed to everything Vince wants to do. Mm-hmm. but knows just keep his mouth shut until they ask. Like, Paul, what do you think? Well, now that you're asking, 
Well, Eric says he can't even watch Raw or any mm. WWE anymore because of the quality of the promos. He says they're not real. There's nothing for the real person in them. They're heavily scripted. There's nothing believable. They're sanitized and filtered were the words that he used specifically. George, you're a wrestler. You've been out there working the mic. Do you agree? I will always get a little... Uh like, I don't want to be devil's advocate because like everybody's always like, oh, they, they WWE, it's easy to it's easy to insult them because oh, the, all their scripts are, are, are all their promos are scripted. Oh, everything's so scripted, everything's word by word. And to be real, like, and you can probably attest to this too. And I think we mentioned it here before, some guys need the script. Like, not everybody has that gift or talent of just being able to just talk out there and just go out there and just and 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 blabber or improv or things like that. Like sometimes the script is necessary. And they see potential in some of these guys that maybe have a lot of ways to say good things, but sometimes they just can't think off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the scripts are needed. And, and But also, when you don't need the script, when you are that good enough to have that promo without that script in front of you, then it's a lot, of, a lot more magic that you see on TV. So I'm both ways about it. Uh, you have somebody like Alexa Bliss constantly tweeting like, man, like, I haven't been on the microphone in, like, a month or two, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, and somebody like her, like, she's so special when it comes to on the mic, too, where it's like, it's just the best of both worlds, where I'm not going to bash WWE for having overly scripted promos, because honestly, it needs it. And maybe, to maybe be honest, if we have that much money invested in it, we'd probably have it scripted, too, if it was an R. Well, part of what you're saying, too, is that they kind of want everything to seem the same. Mm. Another thing that Eric said was that they've done a good job of making WWE the star, not the talent Mm -hmm. the star, anymore but it don't you i mean it's unfortunate for the talent who don't need the scripts well i think it's unfortunate for the talent that don't need the scripts but my question for eric later today will actually be does he think they will allow for more fluid nature in the promos or do you think they're stuck that way forever so i'm because i do think there are plenty of people who do their best work when they throw out the script CM Punk is a great example of somebody who literally set the world on fire. No, he's the best, minority, though. But no, I'm but I'm saying in general, his I know it was a work shoot promo, but like there are plenty of examples of him of people who don't break the fourth wall, but go out there and do what they think is right, mm-hmm. and then that's how they got over, and then everyone has to pivot around them. Becky Lynch did that on Instagram because most people there probably didn't know she had an Instagram. Well, and it's not like these superstars haven't been trained to speak extemporaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at the, that's the, a great the word. PC, <laughs> the WWE Performance Center is one of the highest class training centers in the entire world, and they have promo class there every week. And they're not handed a script in promo class. But, so, but let me ask you this: to meet the challenge. Let me ask you this, and just from experience, like, do you think everybody that was there is coachable in terms of promos? By the time they get to the main roster that is supposed to be part of mm-hmm. what makes them ready is that they could go out there and just deliver a promo. But like, and do you think like there were some people that were just exemplary in the ring, like just flawless in the ring? And you can tell that they were practicing as far as the promos go, but just quite weren't at the level of yeah, maybe some Yeah, and then they deals. gave them a manager, and then <laughs> AOP and Andrade have all gone up to yeah. the main roster since. <laughs> And I think those are special cases. But yeah. in those cases, those managers can talk their butts off, too. And I can guarantee yeah. you on any given day, with no sleep, in the middle of nowhere, Zelina Vega could deliver a better promo than almost any wrestler in the entire world. Because my point was, like, and we've seen it on, I know you've seen it a lot, Steve, where it's like, sometimes you can be, you can have the best look, you know, million dollar body. Sometimes, no matter how much training you have... Sometimes you just might not get it in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it just doesn't click. Sometimes you're just not meant to be a wrestler. The same way, to me, goes for promos. Like you can have some of the best coaches, and some guys, no matter what, they just 
they just need that extra, like, they just can't do a promo, like, off the top of their head. And for something like that, where you have a million-dollar body, a $5 million look, like, yeah, I'm going to script your promo because I don't trust you being on live TV without one. And maybe that's a booking strategy as well because Eric Bischoff came up through a different time in the Minnesota, like, watching Minnesota on TV and then coming up through WCW when someone like Jim Cornette could manage a dozen people at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Because Jim Cornette is so good at the talking but not the wrestling that Jim Cornette just has a stable. That when somebody actually does speak in Jim Cornette's stable without Jim Cornette, that's a big deal. Right. Jim Cornette speaks for them. They come out, they they do the ring. I've I've had a long-standing, I've had a long-standing proposition the WWE should adapt more of that. And every time I push for that, they go the other way. <laughs> They're like, no, Andrade needs to learn English. So it's and just Steve Vega. Kaufman not consulting for WWE. Clearly not consulting. Which Eric talked a little bit about that on this episode, too. Conrad encouraged him that he should be doing some sort of consulting. And Eric had admitted uh, several weeks ago on the episode about TNA that he kind of enjoyed it doing that for a little bit until he got mm. too involved in he TNA. Al- he also admitted when we talked about NWA Power in the first or second week that he was like, yeah, Dave Lagana sent me a bunch of those. I don't think he said it sent me a bunch of but Dave Lagana sent me NWA Power before NWA Power is out to everyone else, which leads me to believe there are a lot of people like Dave Lagana that are just low-key being um, mentored by Eric Bischoff or getting giving opinion or at least asking for his opinion. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to reject advice from the Eric Bischoff. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd take it. <laughs> and on that note, I hope you guys are getting your questions ready. Hey, Matthew and Eric and Hybrid Eye and uh, Ricky, get those cues ready for Eric Bischoff, who it actually looks like is uh, waiting on the line at this very moment. So without further ado, we're going to toss you a quick break and we will be right back with Eric. Welcome back to After 83 Weeks. Joining us now is a guy who our live chatters want me to introduce as the God of Wrestling, Mr. Eric Bischoff. Woo! Yes. Usually. If we could hear them, that loud live crowd would be going wild. Hey, Eric, how are you? I am doing very well, Chrissy. How are all you? Uh, we are so happy to be back here talking about 83 weeks. We miss being able to do this for a couple weeks of the show. And uh, we're glad to be back because everybody is loving this episode in particular. Did you expect that you would get such great feedback from it? I really didn't. And I'm not sure why they liked it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that. You know, but there's sometimes there's, there's shows that Conrad and I will do. And I mean, you just know, you know, you just know at the end of it. You know before even the end, you you know you hit it. You know, either the energy was right or the subject matter was right or the questions or whatever. And sometimes it's just energy, you know. Conrad's got, what, four other podcasts and a huge mortgage company to run, and he's traveling around the world with JR. He's going over to the U.K. soon. I mean, he's a very busy guy, and I try to stay as busy as I can. And between the two of us, sometimes when we finally do connect, it's kind of like, you got to dig a little bit, you know, to, to get it going, and and sometimes it just falls into place, and it's really great. So I'm, but in this particular case, I mean, I was in a great mood when we did the show. So was Conrad. We did it really early in the morning. It was like seven o'clock, I think his time, or six thirty, his time, seven thirty my time. Um, but it just worked, and I'm my uh, Twitter feed is still blowing up, so. Yeah, yeah, lots of gems in there. We do have some follow-up questions for you. But first, got to ask you what you've been up to the last couple weeks. Give us, uh, you know, how was uh, Mr. Bischoff's holiday season? What were you up to? Who have you seen? 
oh, this is going to sound so boring. You know, you know, if there's any perception out there that, you know, I have this larger than life life and that, you know, I'm always going and doing and hanging out with celebrities or whatever, man, I'm going to blow that all to hell. Um, <laughs> I haven't been doing anything. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. We're still in Florida. Uh, Mrs. B and I will be here till I think the first of February. And obviously, we're spending a lot of time with our kids. Over the Christmas holidays, our daughter Montana came out from uh, Maria Del Rey and stayed with, with Garrett and MJ, our daughter-in-law. So Mrs. B and I were with the kids, you know, over Christmas. And then once Montana went back, of course, Garrett and MJ live here, so we're still seeing them quite a bit and hanging out. But, uh, you know, doing the podcast, uh, starting to get rolling a little bit on some other projects that I kind of put on hold when I went to work for WWE, so... Just hanging. You know, the only person I've seen since I've been here, you know, that notable, obviously, is uh, Hulk Hogan. And uh, other than that, just laying low, trying to get my fat ass back in the gym. <laughs> uh, you know, New Year's Eve resolution. Yeah. Um, other than that, just enjoying the weather. Well, how does it feel to be getting back to work and to kind of be the Eric Bischoff again, not the executive director of SmackDown Live? Uh. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Chrissy, because I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, I, To me, looking back at that, I mean, cup of coffee <laughs> that I had <laughs> in WWE this past summer, honestly, it, it feels surreal to me. It feels like I didn't even do it. It went by so fast, and it was so crazy while I was there that I, I woke up the other morning actually thinking about it. God, I know I did it, but... It seems like a movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, I know what you but mean. Right, <laughs> I mean, right now. <laughs> good one. Um, I Right now, I'm just getting rolling, to be honest. We were originally going to leave here on the 1st, then, or on December 31st, and we're going to leave on the 12th. Then because of some other travel situations that have come up and opportunities that have come up, it's actually better for us just to stick around an extra couple of weeks so I don't have to fly back and forth cross country uh, so often, so which is our excuse for sticking around Florida. <laughs> but uh, it, it's starting, you know, starting to get a little busier. It's 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 slow. You know what I mean? It, it, it's going to take a while to get some momentum going, but that's you know I'm used to it. Well, that's cool. And we love that one of the things you do is come and hang out with us and all the live uh, people who are watching. And they are going to get their questions rolling. I'm wondering if WCW Thunder had been live, would you have been more excited about doing it? No. No. Uh, I mean, no. I mean, everybody everybody knew it was a mistake going in. I mean, I knew it was a mistake, but... I just didn't have, I guess, honestly, I didn't have the balls to tell Ted Turner no. You know, I still was in that mindset, and I probably still would be today, actually. I don't know who I'm trying to kid. <laughs> but, you know, when, when the guy that you're, that writes the check says, I want you to do this, and that falls within your job responsibilities, then it's just like, okay, you know, damn the torpedoes. Full speed ahead. Here we go. And in retrospect, I wish I would have been different. I wish I would have, like everybody else, Harvey Schiller, Brad Siegel, anybody else you could name in upper management, everybody was trying to talk Ted Turner out of it, except for me. And I, tr- I tried the beginning. I gave an opinion, which you know, I'm not sure anybody paid attention to. But once a decision was made, it, you know, it wasn't about whether I liked it or not. It was about, it was about how well we could pull it off. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Now, you talked a little about, you know, speaking of the second show, you know, how much Thunder was detrimental to WCW. You also talked about kind of the rumors of if AEW, um, if they have thoughts of a second show, then that's a completely bad idea and that'd be detrimental to them. But why do you think it worked for WWE? Because WWE, and I will be the first to say, I really think SmackDown would have never existed if it wasn't for Thunder to begin with, because it gave the impression that it's okay for a show to have a second show, you know, like Thunder, hence SmackDown, which debuted on the same day, obviously. Um, But why do you think it worked for WWE and maybe not for WCW or wouldn't even work for AEW? Well, look, I think the reason it worked for WWE is... uh, they were such a well-established company with such a strong audience base around the world. They had a big enough audience that they could afford to split it. Mm-hmm. They could afford a little bit of dilution to their main show if that were to happen by launching a secondary show uh, because they had a big enough of a base of audience to sustain it. And they had a long-term commitment to do it. AEW, well, let me go back to WCW first. WCW didn't have the resources, and I, you know, I've beat this drum so many times. I don't want to hear the I don't want to hear the beat again myself. But <laughs> you know, TBS didn't want to pay for the show, even though they were the network that was airing it. Um, nobody wanted to pay for the show, so WCW, out of our own pocket, had to. Pay. It was almost an infomercial for the most <laughs> part. We didn't have to. We didn't have to buy the airtime. That would be misleading. But so many of the other costs we had to absorb, and we weren't getting compensated for that. It was just coming out of our budget. That was just a giant, big, black financial hole that most of WCW fell into because of Thunder. Um, and for the same reason that I said a moment ago about WWE, although we had a big audience on Monday night, it wasn't as well established. We didn't have the international footprint. Not that that matters for the domestic audience, but it a, a big domestic show has a quite a big value internationally and we didn't have that we didn't have that revenue stream international television mm-hmm. so there was a lot of reasons that it worked for WWE and not WCW but if it didn't work for WCW you know WCW when we were doing four or five million viewers a week uh, if we couldn't have sustained a split in the audience um, I don't know how AEW who's still drawing under a million could now, maybe they will eventually, but damn, how many episodes have they even put on the air? Has it been 12 yet? It's been, it's been more than 12. They also, they call it AW Dark, and they, they tape a full show for YouTube before they go live every Wednesday oh, that's night. A, but that's a different yeah. deal. That's a different deal. I did the same thing at TNA. If you guys remember, uh, oh, what was the name of that show? You mean Explosion? Um, no, it was Reaction. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You were so close, George. Yeah, I remember. Well, no, because Explosion was kind of a after. It was another show that TNA did after they filmed their their main show. So that was a a good observation, George. But, no, Reaction was a show that we did. I I actually pitched the idea to Spike TV, and they loved it. And we shot it, and it got amazing numbers. I mean, we were delivering eight, nine 900,000 viewers after Impact went off the air at 11 o'clock. And I don't know if you guys remember that short out, but it was shot in a real different way. We got interviews with the guys after their matches, and it was all storyline-driven and promo-driven. But it was an hour-long show that aired after Impact. So it can be done. And if you're not, you know, it's one thing if, if AEW goes to a venue and they produce their two-hour show 
and then they produce another show for YouTube or for Facebook or for whatever platform. It's still one show. It's still one taping. It's still one travel day. It's still the same production crew. It's still everything's still the same. So you don't have incremental costs and you don't have incremental tax on your infrastructure the same way that you would if you were shooting on a, a, an entirely different night. So speaking of second shows, you mentioned last week that you wanted Chrissy, to talk. Did I confuse you or did I confuse <laughs> you? Chrissy? Oh, no, I'm, or did I'm, I make you look angry? I'm listening to you <laughs> while also reading the live commentary from our live audience. <laughs> oh, there, well, there must have been a really bad comment. <laughs> look at your face. Oh, there actually like, was. Well, how, how did I piss off? How did I piss off Christy? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> but thank right. you for asking, Eric. On last week's right. episode, you mentioned that you wanted to discuss having a second show with Conrad, and you were asking for suggestions. My only real question uh, is: Is an 83 days show chronicling your recent time in WWE? Is that off the table? Ooh. I'm just searching for the no here. But we yeah, don't that's want off it. The table. Okay, <laughs> but I signed, I, I, signed, I signed a little piece of paper that, <laughs> that guaranteed there would be no 83 days show. I would imagine. I just needed to be sure. It's called, it's called the non. It's called the non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> yeah, it, would, it, would be, it would be real hard to work around that one. Uh, well, that is highly unfortunate. But we're going to take a little left turn here. Maybe that's what my face was about. We have a bit of a personal question from Dbag0584. Mm. Who? <laughs> congratulations to him. He's on his twenty eighth day of sobriety, and he's wondering, Eric, if you have ever struggled with sobriety. No, I well. That's a broad question. <laughs> there was a night in college when I struggled with sobriety. <laughs> Fell asleep in a snowbank in St. Cloud State University. That was a bad night. Ah! Uh, <laughs> MD 2020, my first tangle with MD 2020. Don't ever go near it. Uh, I don't mean to make light, you know, and I'm and I'm sorry I can't remember the gentleman's name that wrote the question. Um, I, and he should be proud of himself, and we should all support him. But no, I, I haven't. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, I may not, have found not, myself not, in, a, not, in a similar situation up there at St. Cloud State a time or two. So Not together, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> a couple years between the two. Uh, yeah, we, there, were, there were several decades. <laughs> we took a left turn, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take a right turn back to the WWE <laughs> right. uh, back era. And I just have to know, just because I've been wondering this, maybe for like the past couple weeks. And, um, and I, I don't think it's ever been mentioned. You know, when you came back as the executive director of SmackDown, uh, was there ever any talks of running Monday Night Raw instead? Or were you coming back already knowing you were going to do SmackDown? No, I think that decision was made before I got there. It wasn't okay. on the table. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, Paul Heyman uh, was already there for, uh, in his role as uh, the um, executive director of Raw mm-hmm. before I even got there. Okay. So that, that decision was made. Okay. Because I, I know the announcement was done on the same day, but you, I mean, talks were of you running it was already done after Heyman is saying it was in probably yeah. okay. Yep. Uh, to make another left turn, Will Farrell number one. Eric, have you seen The Irishman on Netflix? I have. In one, in one sitting? Oh, God. Yeah, in one sitting. <laughs> it's a very good film. He's I've, got I've, the patience, I've, people. I've, no, I've got the patience. I've been spending a lot of time training, you know, <laughs> watching Netflix. You know, <laughs> I could go for two hours, two and a half, and three. Then before you know it, I've worked myself up to six. Hell, by the time we get back to Cody, Wyoming, I could be up to eight, ten hours a day. <laughs> Breaking Bad, all in one sitting. 
All these hard-hitting personal <laughs> questions today. Well, Eric, in really? this episode, you talked about how currently you find some, some promos to be overly scripted. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for the talent who finds themselves in those situations where they're confined to a script. Is there anything that they can do to shine? Mm. I am not an acting coach. I don't pretend I am. I've never taken – well, I have taken a couple acting classes, but that not, 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 nothing that matters. I just want to be honest. Um, but I've directed a couple thousand of them, and I've done a few myself. And I think from my perspective, not trying to sound like an acting coach or like I know anything at all about acting because I don't, but I do think the similarities in acting, good acting, and good wrestling promos promos is, first of all, you have to know the material really well. You can't be memorizing it and trying to remember if I'm going to say this or is he going to say that. If you're working, if you're if you work, if you're cutting a promo based on the fact that you've memorized it, you're in bad shape mm-hmm. because it's going to come off that way. Can you guys hear my dog drinking down here? We've heard him with we the can hear it. Yeah, We can hear it. No, I know. She's been down there chewing that bone. It sounds like the jaws of life at IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think go back to promos. Number one, you have to know your material really, really well. And and I, I used to tell people this. You know, when you get two people up cutting a promo on each other, oftentimes they don't listen to each other. They're it's like one talks and gets out his part of the promo or her part. And then the other person will go, Oh, that's my cue. Now I'm supposed to say this. And it's, it's just not real. And it doesn't come off real. And I used to tell people when I was directing them that, you know, good acting is nothing more than reacting. And if you're not listening to not only what your counterpart is saying, but how they're saying it, you're not going to react to it very well. You're not making it your own. It's not, no longer believable. And that's acting. I mean, it really is. So what I would tell people who are in the, and here's what's unfortunate, and this is where it's going to sound like I'm, you know, throwing stones and I don't mean it to be this way. It just is what it is. The process in WWE, the way they do things, the way Vince McMahon wants them done and the formula and the system that they use doesn't really give the talent time to really get to know that material as well as they need to. You know, when I was running WCW and I'm going to submit that it's probably no different anywhere that you go today, WWE, AEW, or anywhere else you go. You know, when you're doing television, you get your, you know, you, you get your promos and they change and then somebody, hand, oh no, forget about it. Here's the, here's the fourth <laughs> revision of that promo. So 15 minutes before you, you're going out there to cut this promo, you're still trying to memorize it. And that's a really tough, tough way to do, do promos and, and have them be good. So I would, I would say, you know, the best way, if you're a talent out there and you want to get better is take some acting classes, just, just learn how to go back and forth. It doesn't have, you don't have to try to, you know, get a part in a major motion picture, but just some basic acting classes and getting comfortable learning how to you know digest the material and be able to get it back out without having to memorize it and make it sound like oh my gosh i think i missed a line now what do i do it's it's tough but it can be done you always have such unique advice about promos i love to hear it 
Um, I'm just kind of curious if you've been catching up on AEW recently because I know they have some mixed reviews of their last couple shows. I want to know if you've been you've been catching up and what were your thoughts of everything that's been happening recently with AEW uh, Dynamite. I haven't been watching it. Hell, I do this show with you guys every week. <laughs> it's on the air right now. Mm. Here I am. Oh yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I watched some. <laughs> I watched some before the holidays. Uh, I, I don't sit and watch a whole show. Mm-hmm. I just I don't. Uh, but if there's something going on or someone in the ring that I'm particularly interested in seeing, I'm not going to name names because I'm going to be on a boat with a bunch of them next week. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll 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 drop in. I'll watch it. I'll check out a match, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what I do is I check out the open of the show and get a feel for the open, and then I'll go back and check out the close. Or sometimes I'll drop in in the middle to see how it's doing. But I don't sit and watch a whole show. Uh, Teddy Corbin has a fun question, Eric. What was catering like back in the Monday Nitro days? Oh yeah. Um, it wasn't as good as WWE catering. I can <laughs> assure you that. Uh, you know, it varied. You know, a lot of the times when we got catering, you're working with local caterers. So, uh, you know, you'd go to places like Denver, Atlanta, Chicago, you know, where there's a, a lot of catering and good caterers and it's very competitive. You get a better product. Sometimes you go out, you know, Dubuque, Iowa and... No, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> Depends where you're at. There's a caterer in Dubuque, Iowa right now. It's very upset. Oh, I'm sure about that. <laughs> However, Eric, I bet you weren't uh, too upset this last Sunday when the Vikings won. Yeah, you're a Vikings fan? I was. And here's the deal. You know, Mrs. B and I are at an Airbnb here in Florida. And we've got television, but it's one of those Firefox gimmicks. Oh, mm-hmm. no. So I can't get... Oh, I know, right? Like, I can get Netflix and Hulu and all that kind of stuff, but I can't, like, get DirecTV. I can't get network television. I wasn't able to watch any games. So Nikki and I, my dog, went up in the backyard sitting at a table, and I'm here with my phone. This is my phone. (laughs) And I'm watching the game on uh, NFL Scores Live or whatever Mm. it was on the Internet. And, of course, it was delay. You know, there were, Mm. like, three-minute delay and all that kind of stuff. But it was a good game. Really good game. I I was exciting watching the you know watching what was going on in the fourth quarter on my phone, uh, and I couldn't even see the action. I was just watching the scores and the plays and the time. I'm emailing you so, a link was, right now, Eric. <laughs> I'll be. I'm I'm very happy for them. We still have a lot of family, especially on my wife's side, uh, that are huge Viking fans. Of course, my brother and my sister are too, uh, Mark and Lori. But yeah, happy for everybody. Are you an but, out loud celebrator? Like when they have a touchdown and the whole thing, my husband and the dog, they rue, they do the whole thing. Do you and Nikki do that? I just don't care enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm more excited for the people that I know that are excited than yeah. I'm excited for myself. Like I don't identify with the Vikings. I, I never really <laughs> did, even when I lived there. Um, and, and I don't mean that as a shot. It's just I wasn't from Minnesota. I, I kind of moved there as a teenager, so I yeah. didn't feel at home there. And by the time I did, I was kind of already out the door. Um, I was a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, still am. And I get excited about that just because of my lineage, I guess, to, to football in Pittsburgh. But other than that, I just I get excited for other people. One of my favorite things, Mrs. B and I, when we did in, in Scottsdale when we lived there, Cave Creek, Arizona, there's a bar in Cave Creek called Harold's. And, you know, in every major city, every city's got a, a Pittsburgh Steeler bar. Yeah. Or a lot of them. 
or they have an Oakland Raiders bar, or a Green Bay Packers bar, or a Vikings bar. That's for all the transplants who you know come in and move into a community and they have a place to cheer their local team. Well, Harold's was a Pittsburgh Steeler bar in Cape Creek, Arizona, and on on game days you'd go in there and there'd be sometimes during the playoffs there'd be eight nine thousand people all out in the parking lots up on the hill. It was crazy, but we'd go in there. Not because we love football that much, but just to watch people have a blast. Yeah. Of course, the opposite is true. When when things don't go well for them, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'll never watch. You know, everybody's depressed, they're throwing shit at each other, kicking their dogs. It's horrible. But I get excited for other people. That, that's well, why I don't go to the Eagles bars here. All right. Well, you may not know the yeah, Vikings, uh, but you do know Arn Anderson. And uh, news dropped this week that he's going to AEW in an on-camera role. And you've said many a times you wouldn't want a role like that. But when you hear that Arn Anderson is taking one, doesn't that make you a little bit go, oh, yeah, you know what? That does sound like fun. Like, do you get a little FOMO? What? Uh, what's FOMO? Fear of missing out. Oh, wow. Oh. I never heard that either. So, well, okay. Yeah. Hold on. FOMO is a thing. I gotta send this to my. I gotta send this to my daughter Montana so she thinks I'm cool. Look, I'm not gonna lie. There are times, you know, when I, especially here's where it hits me the most is, you know, if I'm going through my social media feed and somebody sends me a promo, either of mine or even somebody else's, it's really, really good. Like, if I see a really good promo, I go, oh, ooh, oh, I want to do that, hmm. you know? I love that. And I and I still, I, I still, uh, I would still love to perform. I really would. I, it's, I think it's something I've always had. Um, but I'm just practical about it and realistic about it, too. So I'm, I'm cool right where I'm at. But every oh, once in a while, I get that twitch every once in a while. Yeah, well, I would think so. And how about Arn taking that role? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's great. I, there are, um, who's a better talker in today? You know, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, in, in Arn's category, obviously Jericho's great or others that are great. But Arn is, Arn's in a class all of his own. He really is. And he always has been. From the first time I ever heard Arn cut a promo, I went, whoa. That's that's a promo because he made me believe. Um, Arn's very special in that regard. I think in in what I'm sure will happen, what I hope will happen, but I'm I'm certain it will is he'll elevate other people's game too, mm. and that's probably the biggest asset that he brings. Because who's going to want to go out and follow an Arn Anderson Arn Anderson promo and shit the bed? <laughs> Nobody, right? <laughs> so. It'll it'll hopefully raise the level there. You know, there's some good they're cutting good promos on EW. That's the other thing I said on uh, 83 weeks. That's one of the things I do like about the show uh, better than NXT is yeah. just the quality and the believability uh, and the presentation of the promos. True that. Hmm. Uh, you talked a little bit about this in the in the, the previous week, uh, but I've been wanting to know since you talked about it. Uh, what's your favorite Hootie and the Blowfish song? <laughs> Hard oh, hitting yeah. tonight, guys. 
Yeah, I can't remember the name of the songs. You know, it's like movies. I know, you know, there's movies that go, oh, remember that movie? What was, oh, there's this guy, this guy, and oh, there was this storyline. I can never remember the title. So Is it only, I only want to be with you? Hold my hand. Hold my hand. Let, let her cry. Uh, <laughs> wow, we know a lot more Hootie songs than I thought we would. I Googled a list. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the um, one with the, with the lyrics, Let It Rain? Oh, um, he went deep on us already. Maybe yep. that's a, maybe that's a Darius Rucker song and not a hootie. It could be. It could yeah, be. that could be too. <laughs> that could be too. It could be a technical follow-up. No, that's let her cry. Oh, let her cry. Yeah, yes. let her cry is let it rain. All right. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> Steve, please keep the quality of questions going here. We're doing so Thank great. Thank God for Google. <laughs> <laughs> I right? think I, I think I will. Northern View Outdoors wants to know. Pound for pound, who is the biggest badass? Medusa, Sherry Martell, or China? Okay, let me think about it this way. (laughs) That's got to be Sherry. I was Mm. in a bar. (laughs) I was on a line. And I had these three beauties back in the corner, and for whatever reason, I got out of line. Which one would I not want to get hit by? I'm... I'm going Sherry. Yes. It's got to be oh. Sherry. You don't know what's in her purse. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd no, go with China. She, she, I don't know. No. No. And Medusa has knocked me around a little bit. So I know what that's <laughs> in. Uh, I let her kick me in the head a few times. We were working out together in WCW. It was right after I first got there in 92, 93. And, well, it must have been 92. And we, we were, I remember... I think we're in Gainesville, Georgia. We we're doing a TV taping, and I was supposed to do something with her. I said, "No, Medusa, you know, you got to throw, you know, back leg round kick to my head." She goes, "You sure? <laughs> yeah, go ahead." <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I said, "Okay, we're not going to do that anymore." But I still think Sherry Martell would be the scariest. Hmm. Scary Sherry. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 do we have more time? I oh, mean, yes, I, we I, do. We I, have, I, I wanted to one know. more. Listen, after some of these silly ass questions, <laughs> oh, yeah, we well, better the, make the it good. The next one's not turn. silly. It's more like I think a lot of people want to know what Eric's role is in the Cutter uh, wrestling promotion. I know that's coming up in a couple weeks. Are you? Are you just kind of like a figurehead? Are you like w- what's your role in that company? Because I know I saw Matt Seidel slash Evan Bourne is going over as well. Um, so what, what's your, I want to know what your role in that company is. Uh, I, I don't really have a role in the company. I'm coming over for a an OTO, a one-time only. Uh, I'm sure functioning in that general manager role. But I don't have a, a tech, uh, a, a, any kind of a long-term relationship. But is it's it just one-time mostly as talent, you mean? or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when you're in a situation like that, a lot of the guys must come up to you and seek your advice, don't they? Not really, you know. Um, no, <laughs> they're they're probably just getting it all from eighty three weeks, and after eighty three weeks. No, I think. Look, I, th- I think there are probably people out there who wouldn't mind sitting down and, and cracking a beer and, and talking about you know things in the wrestling business or ideas or share thoughts. Um, and there's probably a lot of guys that really give two shits what I have to say. <laughs> and I, t- I think, you know, the, the, the previous group, you know, people that might really want to sit down and chat probably are a little shy, I guess, mm-hmm. or feel awkward in asking. Right. I, I don't really understand. Hell, I'm there. I'd rather be talking about something than mm-hmm. sitting there doing nothing. Uh, but no, it doesn't really happen too often. 
right. Well, wow. We have really run the gauntlet with you tonight, <laughs> Eric. And uh, I want to thank you for like hanging I, I out I with us. Let the, I, I feel like I let the air out of this thing tonight. It's kind of like, damn, what happened to this show? Uh, <laughs> no, you know Eric. what? It's because we didn't make you play any silly-ass games this week. Okay, oh boy. next week we need games. <laughs> there was too <laughs> much to discuss after three weeks. We need we needed a game at the beginning of the show and a game to close the show, and we'll just t- chitter chatter in between. I love it. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us, nonetheless. I think next week you are on that cruise. cruise? Is that right? Well, oh, that's right. Well, there will be an Steve, email thread. Yes, Steve. Steve, let's talk tomorrow. Maybe we'll pull it off anyway. Yeah. No. Ooh, well, we would With love some, that yeah. either way. Uh, uh, what do they say? Bon voyage. <laughs> bon, bon voyage. Bon voyage. And we will see you soon. Have a good week, Eric. Bye-bye. Oh, all right, guys. Wow. Well, our chat roll—they're <laughs> uh, a little split tonight on uh, how this all went. But we love you guys. So many of you tuned in live, and if you missed us, you can always catch us on the eighty-three weeks channel. Make sure you subscribe so you get all the notifications for all the fun clips and things. And guys, if they want to hit you up and send their questions throughout the week, where can they do that at? Uh, yes, find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I'm at Steve Kaufman. And it's K U F M A N N. I do a lot of stuff. I tweet the links. Did you say Bone Voyage? <laughs> bone Voyage. Bone Voyage. No N, no E. Okay, it's Bond. Uh, you can follow me at G-Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, hit me up anytime. And uh, Bon Voyage, everybody. You can always reach out to me at Christy Reports. I sure hope we get Eric on the boat next week. We will keep you posted. And uh, in the meantime, take care. Bye-bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaros, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 